Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Let's say it together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, we say have your way today. We tell you, sir, that we are open and we are ready. We rebuke every distraction right now. And we take authority over the atmosphere in this building and online. And I declare that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. God, free us up from who we were so that you can make us into who you've ordained for us to be. Free us up from our past so that we can embrace our present and we can move into our next. And for that, we say thank you. Now, 915, I need you to take 10 seconds and just put a crazy praise in the atmosphere right there. Go. Come on, in the building and online. A crazy praise. Some of y'all still sitting. Your praise ain't crazy enough. What is a crazy praise? A crazy praise brings about a crazy miracle. A crazy praise brings about a crazy deliverance. A crazy praise brings forth a crazy blessing. Hallelujah. 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 Fist bump two or three people around you and say, come on, curse breaker. Come on, curse breaker. Grab a seat. Grab a seat. Let's go. So this month, we've been in this series called Daddy Issues. Somebody say Daddy Issues. And we've been revealing and healing the issues embedded in your individuality. Now, we all, and I've taught you this, have known or hidden daddy issues because of how we were shaping. And shaping is an old English word which is different than the English word shaped. So you can be shaped because of one instance. You can be shaped because of one traumatic uh, happening. You can be shaped because of one thing, but to be shaped in means that this is a process over time. And where do we see this word introduced in the Bible? From King David in Psalm 51 and 5, it says, behold. In other words, look at me, I was shaped, which means this happened over time. And he says he's shaped in what, 915? Iniquity. And I taught us this, that we have all been shaped in iniquity. What is iniquity? It is sin and transgression that have been passed down and around by what we've seen and by what's been spiritually passed down and around. If you would allow me to back up, I've taught you that there are three types of sin that appear in the scripture. Number one, sin, which means to what? 
miss the mark. It is to make a mistake. It means I did not know that I should have done that. And can we be honest? All of us, what does the Bible say, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Here's why we celebrate Jesus. is because he knew we were going to sin, so he paid the price for our sin when he hung on that tree 2,000 years ago. See, I need you to know your sins have been paid for in full. Can I get you to open your mouth? Say paid in full. But there's a second type of sin, which is transgression. Transgression is to willfully deviate from what you knew to be right or correct, which means I knew not to do it, but I did it anyhow. It's still a type of sin. So check this out. Even the things you did that God said not to do and you did anyhow. Here's what I love about them. The Bible says, I still. There's blood all over the stage. Why? Because God says, I got blood every place where you've had sin and every place you've had transgression. Somebody say, and his blood has covered me. But there's this third type of sin, which is iniquity. And iniquity, it is sin and transgression passed down and around based on things you've seen. Some iniquity is based off of what you've seen. You saw your mom act a certain way. You saw your father act a certain way. You saw your cousins act a certain way. You saw certain things on social media, so you began to be a parrot instead of set a new precedent. Hear me, um, we all have been shaped by things that we've seen. But in this series, we've also been focusing on the second type of thing that shapes us, which are things that have been passed down spiritually. Somebody say this is spiritual. Now, the Bible says this in Proverbs. Proverbs, which means wisdom, which means in, when every time you read the Proverbs, there's some wisdom you're about to gain. And this wisdom is a shortcut. See, you can be smart but not wise. Here's what I'm excited about with you. You're both. See, smart means I know what to do, but wisdom means I know why I'm doing it. And when you get your why and your what together, you have what's called a curse breaker. Proverbs says destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. To work iniquity means that you have made this your pattern in life. And that has created what the scripture refers to and what is called, a, this phrase, a generational curse. What is a generational curse? It is a destructive pattern of behavior. That's what? Passed down and around. Now, because it's spiritual, you're dealing with things from people that you may not have even met. How do you know that? Numbers 14, 18 says, the Lord is slow to anger. That means he's patient. Say, he's patient with me. And he abounds in steadfast love. Say, he's merciful with me. See, his love is so good that it stays with you even when you try to run from his love. I want to check the building and check online. Is there anybody where at any point in your journey with God or you've tried to run away from him, but his love came and ran up after you? Y'all not saying nothing to me. I need the honest people where you said, I'm done. And then his love showed up and said, no, you're not. Where you said, I don't believe. And his love showed up and said, oh, you're going to believe. I'm going to make you a believer. Where you said you were done with people. Yet God begins to work on your heart so that your heart is not hard. Now open your mouth, please, and say, he's been merciful with me. Oh, y'all got to say it better than that. Say, he's been merciful with me. What does the Bible say? He forgives iniquity and transgression. Now, this is important. He forgives you. But hear me. Forgiveness does not necessarily fix what sin and transgression created. I've given you this example that you can, you can shoot a hole in somebody's foot. I used Harlem Nights last week. Right? You can shoot a hole in somebody's pinky toe. Now, here's the deal. You, you can say, please forgive me. And they can say, I forgive you. Does that remove the hole? 
No. So watch this scripture, because sometimes as Christians and sometimes, and if you're not one in a moment, you'll have an opportunity to become one. But sometimes as individuals, here's what we do, is we think that forgiveness fixes everything. Even with our relationships with people, we'll say, well, you forgave me. That does not necessarily fix the breach that was created. Let me help married couples. So you can forgive one another, but you're going to have to do the work to fix where the breach was in the first place. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. You can forgive friends, but that does not necessarily fix where the breach was created in the first place. He says he forgives iniquity and transgression. Look at the next part. But he will by no means clear the guilty. And I've shown this to you, that the scripture says it, the uh, uh, iniquity will visit the fathers onto the children, to the third and the fourth generation. And what does that word visit mean? If we look at the word visit, in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament, it means to pastor you, which means generational curses will show up to preach to you, to teach you, to lead you, and incorrectly correct you. And watch me. And it's from people you may not have even met. This is why all of a sudden you can wake up and have an urge for something you've never even desired before and wonder where did it come from. This is why all of a sudden you can wake up and feel angry and not know why you're mad. It's because you're dealing with something that was passed down. This is why you can deal with uh, circumstances and issues and you're trying to figure out where did this come from. I'll show you where it came from. Three to four generations ago, something entered the bloodline. And when it entered the bloodline, watch me, it keeps going until somebody says, I'm going to be the interruption. The crazy thing is you never have to meet the individual that you are, in fact, acting just like, which is why you got to understand who you are in your bloodline, who you are in your family, who you are in your city, who you are in your community. Say, I am the curse breaker. Uh -uh, say that thing with authority. Say, I am the curse breaker. I even got my Harvest Curse Breaker shirt on today just to reinforce every time you look at me, I'm reminding you of who you are. Every time you look at me, I'm reminding you of what you're supposed to do. Can I get you to touch somebody in the building and just tell them you are the curse breaker? Online tag somebody. Put somebody in the comments. You are the curse breaker. And I gave you four steps because I don't know about you. I'm a how-to type of guy. Give me the steps. Even when I'm putting something together, when I'm putting something together, I don't want to read all the paperwork about where they got the wood from and how nice the wood is. I don't want to read all that. Give me the steps on how to build it. And if you really want the truth, okay, don't tell nobody. Now, I'm not even going to read the steps. I'm going to look at the pictures. Is there anybody else like me? I, I'm not reading all of that. Just show me the picture. Okay, this screw go over here. This screw go over here. This screw go. I'm not going to read this. I don't have time to sit up and read this and go through all of that. I'm trying to get this put together so I can move on to my next. And for many of you, watch me. There's a lot, hear me clearly, that God wants to wrap up in June. Why? Because he needs to get some stuff fixed so that you're ready for your future. I need some of you to be prepared for sudden fast-forward movement over these next few days, even before this month is out. Matter of fact, I prophesy for many of you, over these next four days, you're about to see some things happen very quickly because God says we got to hurry up and get this done with because the rest of this year is going to be the best of this year for you. If you believe that, release a praise for four seconds. Go, four, three, two, one. Somebody say yes, Lord.
I gave you these four steps to break generational curses. Number one, I taught you to call it out. And when you call it out, that's important because you need to know that something's actually a curse. And I taught you that in the last several messages. If you don't know that it's a curse, you will say, this is part of my character. How many of us have ever said, that's just how I am? I've said it. How many have ever said that? Online, wave at me. You've ever said, this is just how I am. Well, you cannot say that and be a curse breaker because curse breakers are perpetually evolving. See, you can meet them in January and the, the them that they are in June is gonna be a whole nother version. See, there's some people that met you in the midst of your reshaping and transformation this month that by the end of this year, they're going to be like, now, who are you? Because old school, you would have been upset. Now you're walking around with joy. Old school, you would have been walking around with an attitude. Now you're walking around telling everybody this is the day that the Lord has made and I shall rejoice and be made glad. Old school, you were stuck in chronic fear, which is a curse. But now you've got such a jump spirit on you. What does that mean? Baby, if I think it's God, watch me jump. We walk by faith and not by sight. I think there's about to be some water walkers about to rise up at this 915. You cannot say that's just how I am and be a curse breaker. That those words are the antithesis of the mentality and the paradigm that a curse breaker lives from. Number two, I taught you to confess it. And we looked at the scripture in Leviticus that says that we are to confess our iniquity and the iniquity of the fathers. What does fathers mean? Previous generations. Now, for some of you may say, Bishop, I don't know my mother. I don't know my father. Perhaps you were adopted. And guess what? Remember, because it's spiritual, it's not just tied to the bloodline. It's passed down and around, which means some, sometimes you picked up more from people that didn't share the same bloodline as you as you did from your own bloodline. Number three, I taught you to change. The scripture says in Leviticus that you're to make amends, to amend, A-M-E-M-D. It means to make a change. I cannot say I'm a curse breaker, and yet I don't choose different than the choices, uh, than the curses that are, are trying to come up after me. You cannot say that you want to get healthy, and yet you don't change how you eat. You can't, see how quiet it got? You can't say that you want to be physically fit, and yet you don't change your exercise regimen. It's quiet in the building. You, you cannot say that you want better relationships unless you don't change how you deal with people. You, you cannot say that you want a better marriage and yet all you're doing is praying for one, but you're not doing anything to see it be better. You got a one, number one, say it with me. Call it out. Number two, confess. Number three, change. Number four, choose. You have to choose different. And I need you to hear me. You got to move different. If you compare your moves to the moves of cursed people, you will think you're moving wrong when in fact it's them that's moving wrong. Deuteronomy 30 and 19. Deuteronomy means to say it again. So in Deuteronomy 30 and 19, you'll see a lot repeated in Deuteronomy, but you also saw in the book of Exodus because there's certain things that Moses had to say a second time. Pay attention. A second time. Pay attention. A second time because, because there were certain things that the children of Israel didn't pay attention to in Exodus. So Moses had to repeat himself. And for every leader, let me take a personal privilege right here and encourage you. Sometimes you're going to say, well, I've already been clear. But sometimes the burden of leadership is that you cannot just say it once. You're going to have to say it a second time. And let's be honest, in today's culture, 2,200 times after you didn't say it. Okay? Now, now, now watch this. Moses has to say these things a second time. And here's what he says. He repeats what the Lord says. And the Lord says today. Hear me. Every day 
is a fresh opportunity for you. For everybody in this building and everybody online, when you open your eyes this morning, you hit the jackpot. No, no, no. For everybody, when you open your eyes this morning, this was like the lotto for you today. You just got the, you just got the, uh, uh, the power ball. Why? Because God just put the ball in my hand. Y'all not saying nothing. And I'm going to tell some of y'all, the ball is in your court. Now you can choose the blessing or you can choose the curse. You can choose life or you can choose death. You can choose to be bitter or you can get better. You can choose to stay over here or you can move forward into what's next. Today, I have set before you which means God says these are choices and your everyday choices make you a curse breaker. You can't say you're a curse breaker, but you choose cursed. You can't say you're a curse breaker, but you don't choose different. Somebody say, I choose different. Say it with authority. Say, I choose different. Say, I move different. He says, I set before you life. It's on the screen. Life. Blessing. So, so, so watch me. He says, so if you don't like the life you're living, it's your choices. If you don't like what's happening with your money, that's your choice not to tithe, your choice not to be a faithful giver. And then if you say, Bishop, I do those things, then it's your choice not to manage what you have well. That's your choice. But I need you to encourage somebody next to you. Just speak this over. Say, but these next six months are going to blow your mind financially. Come on, come on. I, I heard the Holy Ghost. I got to say this again. Say, I'm not participating in inflation. I'm not participating in recession. Say, I'll do well in the next six months. And the Lord's about to make a difference between his people and those that are not his people. That's what the scripture says in Exodus. He said there was a difference between the Egyptians and the Hebrews. Come on, open your mouth, 915. Say, Lord, make a difference between yours and those that are not yours. And your business is going to prosper. And your finances will prosper. And your new business ventures will prosper. And your new streams of income will prosper. Why? Because you chose life. You chose, even when it was hard, you chose life. You chose the blessing. Even when people were talking about you, you chose the blessing. Even when you wanted to give up, you chose the blessing. And your choices are about to pay off. Oh. I need you to open your mouth and say, and my choices are about to pay off. I chose like nobody else. So I'm about to live like nobody. Y'all let me go by myself. I'll do it. I need you to say, I chose the blessing. In these next six months, I'm about to reap the blessing. And it's getting ready. It's already started to happen for me. If you believe that, put a praise behind that. That's fine, 915. I'll go by myself. I'll go by myself. I'll go by myself. You sacrificed for decades. And now your sacrifice is about to pay off. <laughs> You live like nobody else, and now you're about to live like no.
Make sure you're sitting next to somebody with some faith in the building. Can you touch them on the shoulder and say, your choices are breaking curses. Woo! Your choices are breaking curses. Your choices are breaking curses. You're not dying from breast cancer. You're not dying from diabetes. You're not dying from bad relationships. You're not going to be stuck in some bad marriage. You're not going to be stuck in some bad friendships. Your choices are about to break curses. If you don't elbow somebody next to you, say your choices are breaking curses. And I'm glad about it. And I'm glad about it. <laughs> they ain't going to recognize you by the end of this year. Why? Every chain that was on you is about to be taken off of you. Every curse that had your mama is not going to have you. Every curse that had your daddy is not going to have you. Alcoholism is not going to have you. Drugs are not going to have you. Open your mouth, please. Say, my choices are breaking curses. Ah. And you're about to be the first seven-figure earner in your bloodline. And you're about to be the first seven-figure earner in your... Who am I talking to today? You're about to be the first one that does not worry about money. That does not worry about... Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> they talked about you because of your choices. They're about to see your choices bless you. They talked about you for being faithful to church. They're about to see that pay off. They talked about you for being a faithful giver, but you're about to see favor smack you. You're about to get Will Smith with favor. Favor's about, favor's about, favor's about to slap you up. Come on, 915, say it is already happening. Today, 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 today. I hit the jackpot when I woke up. I'm so glad the devil, he said, there he go again. I can't stop that man. Everything I throw against that man, he just keeps going and go. Encourage somebody next to you, tell them, say, you're unstoppable. Tell them, say, you're unbeatable. Tell them, say, you're unbreakable. Tell them, say, you're untouchable. The enemy hoped that relationship was going to keep you in depression. And look at you up, got up in church on a Sunday morning, up online on a Sunday morning, saying, I will bless the Lord. When? At all? When? At Today, today, you hit the jackpot. I rebuke you having a negative attitude. Do you know how many people, when they went to open their eyes, they opened them in eternity? Do you know how many people, when they went to put their leg out their bed, their, they, their leg said, oh, you ain't going nowhere today. Do you know how many people cancer took and they sleep last night? Do you know how many people coronavirus took and they sleep last night? You Watch me, you owe him better than what you're giving him right now. 
without any music pumping you and priming you. We're about to move on. But I need to make sure this 915 understands that today when you got up, you hit the jackpot and you're about to choose to break your curses. On the count of three, I need to hear your praise without any music. One, two, three, go, 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 go. Hallelujah. Hey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're not a victim. You are victor. You're not defeated. You are conqueror. Somebody shout today. Today I have set before you. This is your choice. You don't like your life? Change your choices. You don't like what's happening? Choose different. You don't like who you are? Choose different. This ain't on God. This ain't on your bishop. This is on you. You don't like your mental state? Choose different. You don't like your emotional state? Choose different. You don't like the way your body yaddy yaddy looks? Choose different. Don't go have 18 pieces of bread after church talking about, I don't know why I can't lose this weight. I'll just tell you why. And I know that devil be talking through that white bread. I know he does. Like, eat me. Just consume me in a moment. Just fill me up with butter that's whipped and just have this. Today, I have set before you. Look at me. This ain't even about the devil. This is not about the devil. He says, today I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Pick. Pick. You choose. And then he tells you, and here's what you should choose. Choose life. Choose the blessing. He says, I'm telling you what to pick, but the choice is still yours. Look at this. Look at this. Wednesday's message is called being fine with being the first because for many, you're going to be the first in your bloodline to break generational curses. And I introduce you to a man that the Bible refers to as two things. One, the gathering demoniac. He's also known as the man with the legion. And so sometimes in short, he's called legion. In Mark 5, 9, and Jesus asked him, what is your name? He replied, my name is legion for we are many. In other words, generational curses will cause you to act like two different people because when Matthew tells the story about the same man, Matthew, who is a tax collector, Matthew records this. When he came to the other side of the Gadarenes, hence the term the Gadarene demoniac, be a good class, what does Matthew say? He's a tax collector. And so if you've ever dealt with the I, the R, and the S, you always discover they find numbers. They'll be like, in 1964, we see $17 here. Where did they be like, 64? I ain't got no receipts from 64. <laughs> yeah, they do. I know. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Matthew's a task. So Matthew's counting. Matthew's like, wait a minute, because we need to make sure everybody paid for lunch today. He's a tax collector. He's like, Peter, where your money? Judas, now he's stealing. What you want me to do with him? <laughs> you go around. Hey, Matthew's a tax collector. So as Matthew is collecting, as uh, uh, a tax collector, he pays attention to numbers. So when Mark sees him, he sees one man. Matthew, who pays attention to a level of detail, and this is why it's so important. Don't demonize people that are different than you. Because when you demonize people that are different than you, you, you miss the beauty of the difference. 
See, see, if Mark and Matthew thought the same, they would have both said there's one man. But because Matthew thought different than Mark, Matthew said, wait a minute, I did my calculations, and when I did my calculations, I discovered that there's not one man here. In fact, there are two. Wait a minute, it's one man, but he's acting like two totally different people because when you choose not to be the curse breaker, we don't know which version of you we're getting. And so consequently, watch me, you have on the same outfit, but you're two-faced. Y'all not going to say nothing to me today. Well, watch me. You, just you met some people like this, that they can't be loyal for nothing. Why? Because generational curses will make you up. They say one thing in front of you. Y'all not going to talk to me. On Monday, they love you. On Tuesday, they hate you. Well, how in the ham and cheese can you love me on one day and hate me the next day? Why? You don't even love yourself because your generational curses got you acting like two different people. For some of you, you need to not even be mad at people. You just need to say, baby, I'm praying you break your curses. I ain't mad at you for being trifling. Why? Because if I was cursed like that, I'd probably be trifling like that too. If I, watch me. I ain't mad at you for acting like two different people. If I had the same curses you did, I'd probably act like that too. I probably wouldn't want to have to look myself in the mirror just like that too. I... When you choose not to be the curse breaker, you act like two different people. And I showed you in Mark 5, 13, what these generational curses were getting ready to do to this man. And it is the same thing that they intend to do with you. You ready? I said, are you ready? It says the unclean spirits came out and entered the Piggly Wiggly. Who remembers the grocery store, the Piggly Wiggly? Wave at me. All right. Now that's typically a Southern thing, but you want to know something? There's actually an old Piggly Wiggly across from Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. I know, it's apartments now, but. <laughs> but it was an old Piggly Wiggly. When they told me that it was an old Piggly I just saw it years ago. I was looking at just different buildings in the area, and they said, this is an old Piggly Wiggly. I said, get out of here. And then they showed me all the old brick and all of that. I said, that's crazy that this is an old Piggly Wiggly. All right, so check this out. The spirit said, let us enter the pigs. Everybody look at me. The fact that the same spirit could occupy a man and an animal <laughs> explains why some people act. <laughs> See, some of you are like, how do you act like that? How, how do you act like that? It's worse than the verses on Friday. You give me no sound check. Listen, man, this is not the time to talk about that. Listen, pay, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. The same spirit could occupy a human and an animal, which means when you choose not to be the curse breaker, your mentality is animalistic. And what are animals trying to do? Survive. Which means you never ever live because you stay in a state of survival mode because you perpetually place yourself in the seat of a victim instead of a victor. But 915, I need you to encourage somebody next to you. Say, you are not in survival mode. Uh-uh. Uh Pick somebody else that when you tell them that, they'll put a praise behind it. Tell them, say, you are not in survival mode. 
you have chosen life and he has come that you might have life and life more abundantly I don't know who needs to hear this the bottom is not going to fall out for you I don't know who needs to hear this you're not going to be a victim to what's going I don't know what's going on in this atmosphere but I bet y'all get it together you are not going to be a victim you are not going to suffer the same thing you suffered before and your sequel is going to be better than your past open your mouth please and say my next will be better than my past the unclean spirits they had to beg jesus and the unclean spirits came out of who the gathering demoniac what is he also called the legion you ready and they entered the pigs what's interesting about a pig now let me just keep it real and I, i'm so committed to this i had it yesterday I had bacon-wrapped shrimp yesterday. Because the Bible says he has given us freedom. Now, I need to pay attention. I need to pay attention to this. A pig is interesting. Because, now, listen, once you see where pigs live, and this is why I watch a lot of Food Network more than I watch Discovery Channel. Because, Steph, if I watch Discovery Channel, I'm going to see where these jokers live. And I'm going to decide I'll have the fish. But when I just watch Guy Fieri and all the rest of them on Food Network, I don't see where they come from. Some of you about to catch this in a second. The pig is interesting because the pig, the pig will have a sit down. You missed it. The pig will have a release. Okay. Some of y'all still not sure what I'm talking about. The pig, <laughs> ain't no, you say go deep. There's no Hebrew word for this. The pig eats and what goes in, pay attention. See, when you're generating some curse breaker, the stuff that comes out of you, you know what you start doing? You start rolling in it. And now you start rolling in your own Y'all not going to say nothing to me. And you trying to figure out, why is my life like this? That ain't your mama's. That's your. That, oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me? You rolling in your own. <laughs> you know what I love about Harvest is y'all will say, say it, Bishop. And then once I say it, then we got to spend all this time editing the podcast, editing the YouTube. But come see me in the meet and greet, and I'll tell you what I was going to say. A pig rolls. See, when you, when you refuse to be a curse breaker, you spend your life in cycles and circles in the same. Until you. Because you are the interruption to the dysfunction. You are the curse breaker. Say it like you mean it. I am the curse breaker. Now say, I am the curse breaker. You ready? Let's go. I am the curse breaker. The unclean spirits came out. I want you to pay attention. They didn't find sheep. 
This is why some of you have issues with faithful church attendance. It's because you're a pig, not a sheep. And today I need to convert your animalistic behaviors to be a sheep and not a pig. This, this is why you have, no, 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 I don't say that to judge you. I don't say that to judge anybody. This is why you have consistency issues is, is because, watch me, they didn't find sheep, they found pigs. They didn't find, watch me, they didn't find lions, they found pigs. They did, y'all not saying nothing to me. They didn't find eagles, they found pigs. They didn't even find chickens, they found pigs. And for some of you, watch me, today is the last day. I'll preach my own self happy. It's the last day where you rolled in the same stuff and expect different results. Encourage somebody next to you. Say, I ain't rolling in no mess no more. Uh-uh, you're going to have to do that by yourself. Don't, don't come over here with no mess, baby. I'm not the one today. You got the right plan, but you got the wrong man because I ain't rolling in that anymore. And the herd numbering about 2,000 rushed down the steep bank and into the sea, and they drowned into the sea. Pay attention. Listen very carefully. He was one destructive decision away from drowning. I'm going to say it again so some of y'all get it. He was one destructive decision away from drowning. And to live like a curse breaker, you must make curse breaker choices. Listen, because curses are activated through choices. I'm going to make this as practical as I can. Yes, you're going to pray it, but you're also going to choose different. Yes, you're going to declare, but you're also going to choose different. Yes, you're going to speak it out of your mouth, but you're also going to make different selections. Yes, you're going to confess it, but you're also about to choose different. Come on, somebody say, and I am the curse breaker. There's a man I want to introduce you to. And when I introduce you to this man, this man is very popular throughout Scripture. In fact, this man wrote the first five books of the Scripture, which is referred to as Torah or Torah. This was a man that God used mightily. But watch me. God can still use you, and you never, ever break your generational curses. See, for some of you, you think because your life isn't in a mess and you're not living under a bridge that it's good. Can I submit this to you? That perhaps things are good, but they could be better if you would choose to be the curse breaker. I rebuke the spirit of a settler. Mm. You are not going to settle. You are not going to settle when better is available to you. Lift one of your hands, sign 15, say, and I will not settle when better is available to me. This is what this man named Moses did. Moshe in Hebrew. And I want to introduce you because in Deuteronomy 34, the Bible says the Lord showed him all the land. Let me give you some background in case you're not familiar with Moses. Moses was this man that uh, he literally, when he was a child, the Bible says by faith that his mother and father, they sent him down the Nile. By faith, they had to release their child. And for years, their child had to deal with abandonment issues because they didn't realize that it was God's plan for the, him not to be raised around people with a slave mentality. And for some of y'all, you mad because they rejected you and abandoned you, but you don't even recognize that was God's plan to keep you away from their mentality. To keep you away from them. It wasn't rejection, boo. It was protection. God says, I am keeping you safe. Because if I let these ninjas raise you, you're going to come out crazy. So even though it felt like rejection and abandonment to you, it was my plan to make sure you are the curse. 
So they send him down the Nile River. <clears throat> when they send him down the Nile, literally he's drawn out of the water, hence his name Moshe, um, Moses, which means to draw out. But his name was prophetic because he would be the one that God used to draw God's people out of 430 years of Egyptian slavery and bondage. Pay attention. They were not slaves. They were enslaved. There's a difference. They were not slaves. They were enslaved. And even let me speak to those uh, that come from an ancestry of slavery in America. Do not ever say we were slaves. Because that's a mentality. That's a curse. Y'all not saying nothing to me. That's a curse. No, they're enslaved, which means that's a temporary situation. Y'all better hear me. And for some of you, your sin had you as a slave, an enslaved. But that was a temporary situation because you are a who? Curse breaker. You ready? So Moses is this man. He spends 40 years of his life. Now, now this is deep. He spends his first 40 in Egypt. And what is he doing in Egypt? He's learning how to be a prince. He is learning how to go in and out amongst the Pharaoh, in and out amongst the king. For 40 years, God prepares him. And it's interesting because 40 is the number of wilderness. It's the number of testing. It's the number of trial. Then the next 40, he spins literally on the backside of a mountain raising sheep because after he kills an Egyptian, Moses is on the run. It is the original episode of Cops. Bad boys, bad boys. Moses was like, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to be on the run. And for 40 years, Moses is in the desert. Now, this is interesting to me. Learning to tend to sheep. Because he's going to go, listen to me, he's going to go back. And when he goes back, he's going to come with a different anointing. When he left Egypt, he only knew how to be a prince. But when he came back to Egypt, he needed to learn how to be a prince and a pastor. Oh, my God. I need you to open your mouth and say, there's more to me than what you see. I you're not just a king. The Bible says you're a king and a priest. You're, you're not just a business owner. You're a business owner and a good father and a good this and a good that. For everybody that knows that everything you set your hands to, you're going to do well as somebody say, there's more to me. I so he comes back. And when he comes back at age 80, now this is deep because God says, I'm going to, you ready? I'm going to finally release you into your assignment at 80. And I've used your first 80 years to prepare you. So for every person that says, I'm too old now, I rebuke you and you thinking you're too old. You ready. And for those of you who say, Bishop, I'm too young. You might be young, but you're ready. I need you to look at somebody. Please, Bishop, why do you keep having me talk, talk to my neighbor? The Bible says we're two or three, touch agreeing on anything and shall be done for them. Online, you chat, you type it in the chat. That's your way to agree. Just tell them, say, you ready, you ready, you ready, you ready, you ready? <laughs> you ready, you ready, you ready, you ready, you ready. Tell them again, say, you ready? Uh -uh, let your hands on yourself, because you know what? Sometimes it's easy to tell people what you won't tell you. Tell yourself, say, you are ready. You've been prepared. Now is the time. Now it is the season. So 
So at 80, he gets released into his assignment. Eight is the biblical number of a new beginning. At, eight, he, at 80, he gets released into his assignment. And when he goes in, uh, he tells Pharaoh, let God's people go. And he tells them to do this multiple times. He tells them to do this multiple times. In fact, there were 10 plagues because God plays chess with himself. God would say, go ask Pharaoh to let my people go. And then he'd come back onto Pharaoh's side and say, now, when he asks you, tell him no. But many of you, you have not understood this part of how God works. Is you think that anything that is against you is the devil. You have thought that anything that didn't work the way you wanted wasn't working for you. Which means you completely disregarded Romans 8.28, which says, and we know. All things work together for the good, which means it is impossible for anything to happen to me that does not work for me. I don't like your silence. Your silence is offensive. It is impossible for anything to happen to you that does not benefit you. Bishop, so-and-so say they're leaving me. Bye! Why? It's impossible for anything to happen to me that does not work for my good. So God plays chess with himself. He says, go ask him to let my people go. Okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm leaving for victory today. Go and believe for it. He goes into Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, no. He says, no. He says, no. He says, no. He says, no. 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 Got it? Eventually, Moses gets a yes. This is not for everybody. I don't know whether or not I'm talking to you based on your response. For some of you, your last no for this year was the first part of the year. I ain't talking to everybody, but I'm talking to somebody. Because you're now officially in week 27, which means you're in these next six months, the second half. And the Bible says, and the promises of God are yes and amen. Put it in atmosphere. Shout yes. yes. Go on apply for it. Do it today. So when they get in the office tomorrow, they're going to give you a. Here we go. So they get a yes. They make their way out of 430 years of bondage. They come out overnight. When they come out overnight, the Bible makes it clear that it was supposed to be an 11-day journey. But God didn't take them the short way because he knew that if they saw warfare with the Philistines, that they were going to turn back. There's certain things that take you longer, and they take you longer because of what you are afraid of. But I need you to just encourage somebody next to you, please. You're going to touch them at least three or four more times and so just get used to it. Just touch them on the shoulder and say, I rebuke your fear. Amen. Well, Bishop, I may have to fight. You may have to fight, but it's only going to take 11 days. Oh, my God. You may have to fight, but once the fight is over, you're going to be victorious. You may have to have some tough conversations, but once you have, you may have to pack your stuff up and not know where you move. You, you're not gonna say, you may have. So here we go. I got to go. We're out of time. So what ends up happening? They, they, they literally, they literally, they literally, they spend 40 years in the wilderness wandering. So now Moses is 120. 40, 40, 40. Moses is now 
in his 120s. But you let him tell it. He's in his mid-100s. Because how many of you know, once you start getting to certain numbers, there's certain things you don't like saying. Why y'all gonna lie to me like that? You know, you a whole 59 telling people I'm in my early 50s. Come on, call things that be not. You are 47 talking about I'm in my, I'm in my late, late 30s. <laughs> late, late 30s. All right, pay attention. Moses And Moses is like, I've been waiting my whole life to get to this promised land. I was the one called to bring them into it. God spent 40 years preparing me to be a prince, 40 years preparing me to be a pastor, and now I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm I am so ready. It's my time. It's my seat. And it's getting ready to happen. And then look at what happens. And the Lord shows him all the land. He takes him up on this mountain called Mount Pisgah. He takes him on this mountain. And he says, look, Moses, the promised land, which for you and I, it's not a piece of land. It's a life. Verse 4, and the Lord said to him, this is the land or the life which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I would give it to your offspring. Look at the next part. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you're not going over there. It's the same Moses that brought them out of 430 years of bondage. It's the same Moses that saw water, uh, uh, the Nile River, turn into blood. It's the same Moses that saw gnats. It's the same Moses that saw frogs. It's the same Moses um, that saw the firstborn of Egyptian sons and uh, of their cattle die. This is the same Moses that commanded the hand of God. This is the same Moses that lifted his hands in worship and the Red Sea parted. It's the same Moses that when they were hungry, he said, Lord, we're hungry, and bread came down out of heaven. It's the same Moses that when they wanted meat, meat came, and they had so much quail that was coming out of their nostrils. It's the same Moses and God says to him after 120 years of faithfulness, you're not getting it. Could you imagine waiting in line for what you ordered to only get up to the window not for them to tell you to pull over here because we're going to bring it to your car but for them to tell you what you ordered is not available. And I came, it's a 911 situation for somebody today because the enemy, if he can, he's going to try to keep you out of what God promised for you. Let me show you, let me show you. He says, I left you see, but you should not go over there. Verse 5. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab. Say Moab. Moab in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament, it means from the Father's translation, generational curses. Let me translate the whole verse for you. So Moses, after 120 years of faithfulness, because he did not break his generational curses, he died in them. I need you to open your mouth and say, but that won't be me. So the question is this, why couldn't he go in? Moses, you've been faithful. You've been consistent. You have dealt with people that even I was done with. Because at one point the Lord said, Moses, I can scrap the people and start over with you. See, some of you all bring people on trips that there's not enough room on the plane with them for. (laughs) Which means you have stowaways because there's no seat for them, so they have to. 
It says, why could somebody say riding dirty? That's that's correct. Why couldn't he go? Here's why. He didn't choose like a curse breaker. Y'all still with me? Listen, what do you mean? Watch me. Can I give you this last piece, 915? Let me get this last piece. I ain't got to preach it in two minutes, which means you got to get it fast. And I know you get it fast based on your response to this, okay? Oh, Lord. Come on, 915. You ready? In Numbers chapter 20 and verse number one, the Bible says that they came into the wilderness. Let's stop right there. Which means, watch me, Moses is having a situation. Because whenever you feel like you're in a wilderness, it can begin to affect the way you do things. And for some of you today, you better hear me. I came to tell you, don't let your situation mess you up. Don't let your situation get you off gear. Don't let your, watch me, because your situation is temporary. But your choices are permanent. Your situation will be over. I don't know who needs to hear this. By the end of this month. But don't you make a crazy choice. Because of your situation. Can I go further? They're in the wilderness of Zin. Zin is simply a Hebrew word for what? Sin. They're in a wilderness of sin. Here it means mistakes and disappointments. So Moses, you're in a situation that's got you sinning. You agreed with me a moment ago, 9.15, that you were going to respond in such a way. That's okay. I'm a shepherd. Let's chop this food up and eat together. You ready? Come on, let's chop it up. Otherwise, we're going to serve you on the menu today. <laughs> have some bacon wrap. Sometimes when your situation feels like a wilderness, you start making mistakes. Why? Because you're disappointed. So you say what you ought not say. You do what you ought not do. You're around who you ought not be around. You think how you ought not think. You, you will literally begin to adapt, watch me, the spirit of your situation. So watch me. He's got a situation. And now we've got what? Sin. Now you ready for the next part? Somebody say, it gets worse. Dr. 915 said it gets worse. And Miriam died there. Miriam is his sister. So now, not only do we have a situation, not only do we have sin, now we got sorrow. Because even though she gave you hell, Moses, it was your sister. Even though you couldn't stand her, you still are grieving her loss. Even though you didn't really like her, she really didn't respect nor honor you. You the one got to deal with the arrangements. We got a situation. We got sin. And now Moses is grieving, so we have sorrow. Are you catching the pattern? You ready? Here we go. So in the midst of his situation, in the midst of his sorrow, in the midst of his sin, look at verse 8. The Lord says to Moses, Moses, y'all are thirsty. So tell the rock, some of y'all know where we're going, to yield its water. Somebody say, the Savior speaks. In the midst of your situation and your sin and your sorrow, the Savior has something to say. But watch me, if you don't let your situation get you and your sin get you and your sorrow get you, you'll make the right choice. But if you don't, you will do what Moses did in verse number 10. Then Moses and Aaron 
gathered the assembly. But he's in sorrow. He has a situation. And he got some sin going on. He's making mistakes because he's disappointed. I didn't think leading the children of Israel was going to be like this. I didn't think being an entrepreneur was going to be like this. Who remember? I didn't think being the curse worker was going to be like this. Come on, 915, we got to go. So he gathers the assembly together. And what does he say to them, 915? Here now, you rebels. So what is he dealing with now? Subversion. People around you who are working against you. People around you who you're building, they're tearing it down. People around you who you're trying to make it better, and they're constantly pissing on it to make it, okay. Excuse me, I thought this was 1115. You, you got people who are subverting your efforts. Is there anybody in the building or online where you've ever dealt with subversion? Where you're trying to do one thing, but you got people around you who are trying to do something totally different than the thing you're trying to do. And so Moses, he knows it. Moses is like, you all are rebels. He says, I'm trying to build up the nation, and you're trying to tear the nation down. Look at verse 11. In the midst of his situation, in the midst of sin, in the midst of sorrow, even after the Savior speaks, because he's dealing with subversion, we get to verse 11. And can I go deep 915? 11 means is the number of dysfunction. So watch what he does. And Moses struck the rock. Moses takes, he's like, I'm so sick of this. See, and for some of you, you say, God, I've been faithful. No, you haven't. Because the way you did it invalidated what you did. Woo, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I've been faithful. No, you haven't because your attitude was so sloppy. The way you handle it. So now, look at me. You, you strike, you've struck the rock. And look at what the Bible says. And water came out abundantly. Look at me. You thought it worked. See, some of you are looking at people, watch me, that it looks like they're doing wrong and they're getting right. Some of you have even said, well, it seems, like I didn't do right with that and it looks like things are still going wrong. See, Moses did that, watch me, to spite him. Because he's mad. Because he's bitter. Because he's angry. Because he's dealing with a situation that's causing sin, He's dealing with sorrow. And even though the Savior has spoken, he's dealing with subversion. So now he operates from spite. You ready? And look at verse 12. You ready? Come on, 915. I keep asking, are you ready? Because I need to know you're ready. I remember one time when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> it was the day after Thanksgiving. And the day after Thanksgiving, my family has this transition, a transition, this tradition of Black Friday shopping. Now, you know, it's just a tradition. So, you know, I like to go. I was like, don't leave me in the house all day. So when I was a kid, one day I decided to, I slept over. And when I slept over, you know, they had to wash my clothes from the night before and all that. And so, you know, jeans don't dry as fast. And so we were trying to go somewhere that Black Friday morning. And all I know is that my jeans were still wet. So I'm like, well, let my jeans dry. And I was expecting some, some sympathy. 
And do you know what my grandmother said to me? We got to go now. We got to be there by the time the door opens. And I said to myself, fine, let's go. Wet jeans and all. I pressed my way. Mr. What does that have to do with the message? I should have been ready. That's why I keep asking you if you're ready so that we can go to where we're trying to go to. Okay, you ready? There we go. Verse 12. Verse 12 says this. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron. This is interesting because who you make bad choices with get the same punishment. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given. What? God, I have been faithful all these years. But Moses, when you struck the rock, rock in scripture is capitalized, which means this was an anthropomorphization of God. That's nothing but a $22 word for God transformed himself into your source and then you hurt your help. Y'all ain't gonna say that to me. God says, you asked me for help, I gave you your help and now you're hurting your help. You asked me for breakthrough, I gave you your breakthrough and now you are breaking who sent to help you get breakthrough. So, no, Moses, after 120 years, you're going to die. You know how you're going to die, Moses? In the same curses your daddy did. In the same curses your mama and them did. You're going to die in Moab. And although you spent your whole life trying not to be them, you're going to be sitting up looking over at them, just like them. Because you chose, and your choice it got you your water. <laughs> it got you your little money. It got you your little NFT. <laughs> it got you your little business. It got you your little relationship. It got you. You got what you wanted. But the penalty for this, Moses, is that you will die in Moab. I love you. I'm there for you, but you will die in the curses you were supposed to break. Y'all ready? Verse 13. Y'all got it now. These are the waters of Meribah. Why do most people not break generational curses? Because of strife, which makes you angry and bitter. And when you're bitter, you never choose better. And when you're angry, you will do destructive things because one moment of frustration makes you tear up everything you've worked your whole life for. And I don't know who I'm here for today, but I'm way out of time. But 915, can I tell you, that won't be We got to go, but I need to make sure you put an interruption to this today. Come on, 915, say, and that won't be me. I release strife. Come on, say it. I release strife. I release anger. I release bitterness. 
I'll choose better. I'll choose the blessing. I'll choose life. My situation is not going to stop me. Sin is not going to stop me. Sorrow is not going to stop me. Subversion is not going to stop me. I'm walking in to what God has promised me. And these next six months, come on, 915, and these next six months, I need you to praise God that your next six are going to be better. Why? I'm about to choose better. I'm about to choose better. I'm about to choose better. Somebody say, I'll choose better. And right now, I got to choose to stop. Because I'm out of time. Everybody look at me. You are this. Come here. You are this. This is you. This is you. Only if you choose that. Today, in this building and online, if you need to become a Christian and recommit yourself to the Lord, or you're like, Bishop Foreman, I need to be sure. If you're in this building, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up. If you're online, I'm going to ask you to do the hand with your emoji. It says to me, no guilt, no condemnation, no shame. To be the curse breaker, you're going to have to choose. And for some of you, the first choice you're going to have to make is to give your life to the Lord. And for some of you, listen to me clearly, it's for you to give your life to the Lord for real, for real. Because you play with him. And you play games with him. Like he's a blackjack dealer in Vegas. I don't know who this is for. This is a 911 situation for somebody. This is a 911 page. Y'all act like y'all don't know what a page is. It's a 911 call. This is somebody that calls you 17 times in a row. I hear this so strong, and I'm not saying this to guilt anybody in anything. I just heard the Lord say, son, tell him I'm not calling again. I, I don't say that to threaten you or scare I'm telling you what I heard. This is your call. This is your moment. You need to become a Christian and recommit yourself to the Lord wherever you're at. Heads bowed, eyes closed, in the building and online. Or if you need to be sure, on a count of three, your hand will slip up in this building. It's like, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure. I want to become a Christian for the first time. Or I want to I want to come to God for real, for real. I don't want to play games with him. And I'm not saying I'm going to be perfect. I'm just saying, God, I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be faithful. And if I fall, God, get me back up. If you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself, Lord, to be sure. On the count of three, throw that hand up in the building online. Do the hand with emoji. Say it to me. One, God's coming to get you. Two, God's coming to get you. Three, if that's you, hand up in this building. Online, do the hand wavy emoji or say it's me. Do the hand wavy TikTok, do that hand wavy emoji or say it's me. Do that hand wavy emoji says me. Everybody pray this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. I give you all of me. All of me is yours. For the rest of my life, I commit. I'll live like a curse breaker. I'll serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. I need you to text the word decision. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time and recommitted yourself to the Lord in the building online, text the word decision to the phone number 877 552 
Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.